Blog Talk Radio.
Something tells me that we have an army in here tonight. Praise the Lord. This is Patrick with Prayer International. This is another broadcast of Staying in His Word, where when we stay in the Word, then that's how we stay in His power. So let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we are amazed with the beauty of the Lord. And we connect to you, Father, through the power of your word, through the rod of your authority, Father, of your scripture, which is that foundation stone that you've laid in Zion, Lord God, that crushes and grinds to powder. Everything that is between the first and the last, the beginning and the end, and that is you, Lord Jesus. You are the vine, and everything else is the branch. And uh, we connect to you through the word. For he who abides in your word will abide in you, will abide in everything that you have, will abide in that treasure of your house. Father, we thank you that we are sons and daughters, that we are heirs of the King, that we have the mighty blessing of the Lord, that we are here to be extensions of your throne room power, that, Father, you have called us to cast out the Canaanite land, the Canaanite people, Father God, the giants. Father, you've called us to be giant killers. Father, you've called us to release the fire of the Lord upon the earth. Father, we thank you for your hand that is upon us. And we stir up your holy word right now. We make contact with you. We touch base with you through the power of a faith prayer based upon your holy word. Father, we thank you that Scripture endues us with power from on high, that we are endowed with the power of the Lord, that the Spirit of the Lord God is upon us because of our connection to your Word. And so, Father, I pray for every believer listening that you would stir up the Word of God, that you would stir up the Spirit of the Lord, that the Lord, that, Father, you would be in their life mightily as an ever-present help in time of need. Lord God, and we thank you, Lord God, that you remove mountains, that you remove giants, that you remove inhabitants of the land and cause us to inherit that which is good, that which is from Zion, that which is eternal. And so, Father, today we give you the praise. We give you the power in Jesus' mighty name, Lord God. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your anointing. Thank you for the glory that is upon your word. The Lord, we're going to talk about the power of the rod, of the scepter, of his word, that when you extend his scepter forth through your mouth, you're extending the Lord's power upon the earth and that he has called you to be his representative. He has called you to act in his behalf, and he has delegated unto you to extend the kingdom of heaven on earth. Jesus prayed, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And his kingdom is not a kingdom of noise and carnality and vanity, but it is a kingdom of peace, the kingdom of healing and of joy. And he's called you to extend that rod of the Lord 
And here we are in Exodus chapter 4, verse 2, when the Lord is speaking to Moses, and he said, says, And the Lord said unto him, unto Moses, What is in thine hand? And he said, A rod. And he said, Cast it on the ground, and he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from before it. So here Moses was holding a rod in his hand, and God said, Cast it on the ground, and it turned into something. It didn't turn into something before when Moses was holding it in his hand, but it turned into something, a supernatural manifestation after he threw it on the ground, after he took an action. And so we're all like Moses in that we have the rod of God's word in our hands, even the Holy Scriptures, and God is wanting us to cast it to the ground, or that is to take an action with it and to extend the scepter forth, to extend his rule and his reign and his authority on the earth by uh, exercising faith in his word. It's good that we believe in his word. It's good that we have the Bible in our hands. But just like a seed, that seed is not going to grow unless you put it in the ground or unless you extend it forth. And so God reacted to Moses' faith. God had something in Moses' hand, a rod. And then Moses heard and believed the word of the Lord and extended it and a supernatural manifestation occurred, a manifestation of power. And so it is with God's word. God is asking you, don't I have my word in your hand? Haven't I given you the scepter of the scriptures? Don't you have the scripture in your heart by the pen of the Holy Spirit dwelling in you who is the author of the scriptures? Don't you have it in your heart? Don't you have it in your mind? Don't you have it on your tongue? What is that that you have that I've given you? And what he's given us is the power of his word. And the reason why we don't extend the power of his word because we think that it's supposed to manifest instantly but you would not say to a, a, a farmer, a farmer would not throw a seed into a ground and expect it to immediately manifest uh, an apple tree or corn. It would not manifest instantly, but you would have to wait. And so in the same way, we've got to extend his word. We've got to extend the power that he's given us. And um, let's go to Luke chapter 8, and it says, A sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it up. And some fell upon a rock, and it was, as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. Another fell on good ground, sprang up and bare forth fruit a hundredfold. And then Jesus cried and said, He hath he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And, you know, very rarely does it say that Jesus cried and said something, so he yelled out. So that's like putting an underscore under something that's something 
putting it in caps, putting it in block, putting in bold, he said, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And so every person out there has ears to hear. Every person, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. And you heard his voice in order to become born again. And so whatever you're hearing, whether that's God speaking to your heart or that's God speaking to you through Scripture, you've got to hear what God is saying. And what he's saying then becomes something you have to exercise your faith with. It's like God can give you a gift or a package, but you have to open it. He can give you a tool, but you have to use the tool in order to get the results. And so we think that God's going to do something just because it says in the Word that he'll do such and such. But more accurately, what the Word says is, yeah, I'll do such and such, but I need you to administer a measure of faith. I need you to react or respond in faith to the promise I'm giving you. And so when you mix faith with a Word, you get results. And we just read how Moses did that very thing and received a supernatural manifestation. Even heaven on earth, God moving on earth is what Moses saw, and that's what we want to see. We want to see the Lord move on the earth. But he won't do it apart from our faith. And in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached and did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So you could have the seed, but that seed in your pocket, that seed in your heart, that seed in your mind isn't going to produce the fruit if you just leave it there and don't do anything with it. You've got to mix it with faith. You've got to mix that seed with soil. And there's certain properties and enzymes and reactions that are in the soil at a microbiological level that interact with the husk of that seed and water that cause that seed to break open and to bear forth the light that it was designed to bear forth, that life of the Lord. <clears throat> and so all of his promises, all of his seeds are yea and amen. But you've got to sow it. You've got to speak it forth. It's not doing any good in your heart or in your mind. It's got to come out of your mouth. And when you begin to speak it, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word that comes out of your mouth. And your faith is going to increase simply by you hearing yourself speak the word. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. And so faith is an action, and you've got to perform the action. The sower went out, and he's sowed the seed of the Bible. We've got the scriptures, but some of it falls by the wayside. Some of it gets trodden down. Some of it gets devoured up by the cares of this life. And then some fell upon the rock. It, it sprung up. The rock received it, but... The rock soil, the rocky soil, did not administer the moisture. And uh, when you grow a plant, you have to keep on watering it. You've got to keep on tending it by giving it little amounts of water 
just like you've got to stoke a fire in order to keep the fire going, you've got to continue just to give little amounts of time to God and the Word and speaking it. And as you continue to nurture the Word in your heart and nurture the exercise of faith coming out of your mouth, you're going to see the whirlwinds of God move upon you. And he's going to take you to another realm. He's going to take you to another dimension in the kingdom of heaven. There's going to be a manifestation of his anointing. For he said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as in heaven. And his kingdom is completely different from our kingdom. It's a kingdom wherein there is no sickness, there is no disease, there is a supernatural manifestation. The rod turns into a serpent. It doesn't make any sense. Based upon our Newtonian physics, our laws of physics simply do not understand or compute the supernatural. So God wants to see the supernatural manifest in your life, and that's how other people are going to be be brought to Jesus. People simply aren't brought to Jesus alone by John 3.16, but Jesus performed miracles, and the people said that God is in you of a truth, for who has done all these great and wonderful things? And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. The thorns are theologies of men that choke the word, that take the pure word away from you, the teachings of men that were warned about, beware of men, Jesus said, that no man deceive you. And so there are thorns to choke out the revelations of God, the things that he's speaking to your heart. Don't pursue theology. Pursue the speaking of the word of God to your heart via the Holy Ghost. And as you focus upon that, God is going to lead you to a great and green and lush pasture in him. And other fell on good ground and it sprang up. And it bare forth a hundredfold. See, God's word is incomplete. He needs the soil of your life, the soil of your response. What type of response are you going to have? Are you going to be Trodden, are you going to allow the word to be trodden down and devoured in your life? Or are you going to protect the word? Are you going to do a little bit in the word? But are you going to fail to continue to nurture it so that you're that stony soil? So it springs up but then eventually passes away? I don't know about you, but I, I want to leave this world. I want to go through the transporter of his word and and step into that portal portal into the realm of heaven on earth. There's nothing here that I want, so I want to move on to the kingdom of heaven, so I'm not going to give him some stony ground. I'm going to give him all the depth that he wants to be able to grow that word in me so I can uh, step into the things of God. Or are you going to fall among the thorns, and are you going to be so fixed fixated and focused on the the showmen of theology, the great leaders of men who have amassed thousands to follow them, are you going to allow God's personal speaking to you of his word to be choked out by those 
who would twist his word? Or will you be among those who have good ground, who have a good response to a good word from a good God? And so he has given us his word. And he has called us out of darkness and into his light. Here's Ephesians 2.19, the Amplified Version. Therefore, you are no longer outsiders, exiles, migrants, and aliens excluded from the rights of citizens, but you now share citizenship with the saints, God's own people, consecrated and set apart for himself. And you belong to God's own household. See, in order to enter into God's house, you have to have the key of his word, the key of faith is how you enter in. Jesus said, thy faith hath saved thee. Go in peace. All things are possible to them who believe. So that entry into the house of his inheritance is possible through faith, through belief, through the turnkey of his word. And so God has placed a rod in your hand. He's given you authority. And what are you going to do with that authority? What will you do with the rod of power that he's given you? Will you go off into sin and be fascinated by the illusions of the serpent? Will you allow the word of his, his uh, scepter, of his authority, to be devoured and trodden down in your life? Will you give a short response to it? a minor response, a small response to his word, but continue to be carried on by the things of this life? Or will you turn and bear forth a hundredfold? God's word does not manifest the promises necessarily instantly, but it takes time for the seed to grow, to grow in its manifestation, to come out of your mouth in power. So, Father God, we just give you thanks. We give you praise that you've put power in our mouths. For as many as received him, to them gave you power to become the sons of God. Thank you for this scepter. We thank you for this rod to rule the nations with. That, Father, you're calling us to extend the vengeance of our God, to extend the power of your return that you are returning in power to mete out, Lord God, justice upon the earth. And Father, you've called us in your image to bear forth that power, to bear forth that justice, to release that power, to release it through our mouths, Father, to speak to the hills, the mountains, to speak to the Canaanite nations, Father God, to those who would devour up your inheritance and to rebuke the plague and the pestilence with the power and authority that you've put in our mouth. Father, we pray that you'd help us break the scales off of our eyes to see what you've given us. That this word has all authority, all power in heaven and earth. And that, Father, you've given us the priceless privilege to speak this against sickness and disease and all hindrances and obstacles and mountains of the enemy to crush and to break and to devour and to destroy and to pluck up and to root out, Father. Lord, we give you the praise for our mouths and 
We just repent for using our mouths the wrong way, Father, to speak evil, Lord God, to say things that should not come out of our mouths. That, Lord, this is a temporary gift that we are just renting, that we are just temporarily given the ability to speak, that you've given us something you haven't given the rocks or the birds or the trees. Lord, let us understand and know and, and uh, take advantage of and not take for granted the power of our mouths, the power of the tongue to be used for good and not for evil, Lord God, to build people up and not to destroy them. Father, we give you the praise. Stir up the Holy Spirit, Lord God. Stir up the seed of God and strengthen us into all, all holiness and all righteousness. As we give you the praise in Jesus' mighty name, amen.
And we're back. We're going to continue to stay in his word because that's where the power is. And uh, we're going to go to Isaiah 61, verse 1. And uh, when Jesus first started his ministry, he started quoting this verse that uh, sort of uh, coronated him into the ministry. It says, And the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And then Jesus stopped right there, but there's a second part to the verse. It says, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. And his whole point is to comfort all those that mourn, it says. And so Jesus in his first earthly ministry was it was to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and to preach the good news. But when he comes back, he's coming back with fire and to proclaim the day of vengeance of our God. Okay, so... Keep that in mind, and then we'll go to Second Thessalonians 2.8, and it says, And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume, spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. And so the wicked is talking about uh, appears to be the Antichrist, and that he would consume him at the very end with the spirit of his mouth and destroy him by the brightness of his coming, by the brightness of his word coming forth. And so that's the nature of God. And uh, you share in that nature. You share in the nature where you can proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and preach good tidings and proclaim liberty to the captive, sure enough. But remember that he's also a God of vengeance. He's a God of power and that he's going to mete out justice to the wicked. Notice he he didn't uh, he spoke to the mountains to remove them, and he spoke to the storm on the Sea of Galilee, and he stopped it. And he spoke against the Pharisees, and so God uses his mouth to speak against darkness when it's present. And God wants to consume that which is wicked in your life with the spirit of his mouth that is the revelation of his word coming out of your mouth, and to destroy every hindrance, every bondage, every mountain, every obstacle, with the brightness of his coming, as he reveals himself through your mouth, as the word of God uh, unlatches or keys open the kingdom of God and all that it is, by you acting in faith with your mouth, your confession, to remove what is in front of you that is hindering you. And it is time to quit asking God to remove what's hindering you. And it's time for you to speak. It's time for you to get up and speak against it with all power and with all authority in heaven and earth to that blockage, to that wicked thing, and see that it be consumed by the spirit of your mouth and destroy it with the brightness of his coming. 
This is a now word. This is something God wants to do in your life right now. He wants to speak to the storm on the Sea of Galilee. But people are not standing in their confession, and so they're being tossed to and fro like children. And he talks about a priestly confession, that there is a confession of our mouth that we are to bring forth as an offering before the Lord. And it's a sacrificial offering because God's word contradicts what you think and it contradicts what you you believe, uh, what you experience, what you see. I mean, Moses throwing the rod down and it turning into a serpent did not make sense in the laws of physics and then him taking it up by the tail and it turning back into a, a stick. It says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So if all you do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, a supernatural manifestation is going to occur, even that of eternal salvation for your person, for your spirit. If all you do is a small little thing, then this great thing is going to happen, is what it says. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That's great that if you've done this, if you've uh, believed in your heart and confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and come into that place of salvation, that's great that salvation is an eternal thing, and God doesn't want it just to be a salvation from hell, but he wants to bring salvation and the kingdom and the power and the authority of God here on the earth right now. And so Jesus, the first time he came upon a donkey, but the second time he comes clothed for battle on a white war horse uh, with his vesture dipped in blood, comes back not to play games, but to proclaim the day of vengeance of our God and to consume that which is wicked with his mouth. And so that's your nature, too. Uh, We are made in the image of God to go forth as warriors. He is the Lord of hosts, the Lord of armies, and you're in his army to release not just uh, love and kindness all the time, but to release the justice of God against that which oppresses your life, to proclaim the day of vengeance of our Lord. says in Isaiah 60, Arise, shine, for thy light is come, the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. See, when the disciples were in the ship, they were covered by gross darkness. And they were just saying, Lord, Lord, help me, help me. And But the Lord modeled for them what they were to do as partakers of his nature. He stood up and he rebuked the storm and he says, you know, why can't you do the same thing? And uh, it says, but the Lord shall arise. And Jesus arose from his sleep on the ship and during the storm. And he said, and uh, the Lord shall arise upon thee and his glory shall be seen upon thee. Isaiah 60 verse 2, moving on to 3, and the Gentiles shall come to thy light and the kings to the brightness of thy rising. And why would the kings of the earth come to us? It's only because 
supernatural darkness is going to enshroud the entire earth. And it's time for you to go to boot camp and start whipping up on your problems instead of asking God to whip up on them. And for you to stand up and for you to rise up in your boat and begin rebuking that which is trying to sink you, that which is trying to destroy you must be rebuked. And when you do this, the glory of God is going to be seen upon thee. Uh, learn now during the season of light because we're going to go into a season of darkness that's going to cover the earth that we're never going to get out of until the Lord's return. And the only reason why Gentiles would come to you because they're not coming to you right now, right? The kings aren't coming to you right now is because they've got light. There's light in the world still. There's goodness still. But that last goodness, that last a bit of it is going to be snuffed out uh, as the wicked, as the Antichrist rises. Uh, but upon us, it says, gross darkness will cover the people, but the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. When you perform that which is powerful through your mouth to destroy the, the problems, the personal problems you have in your life, it's going to set you up to be a soldier, a captain, a colonel, during a time of darkness in the end times to where people are going to see what's on you and they're going to come to the brightness of his rising and his glory upon your life, but you've got to start now. You've got to plant those seeds now. You've got to pluck up those problems now, not later. You've, because uh, during the daytime, men can work, but when darkness comes, no one can work. So you've got to work at planting those seeds now. Uh, for God wants to do a supernatural work through your life. He wants to start out removing small strongholds in your life. And then for your the power of his word coming out of your mouth, decreeing the, the reality of God out of your mouth, until it begins to remove and pluck up things and, and mountains and barriers and oppositions in other people's lives. To people where people begin to be drawn to what you have. And so the Lord is filled with power and he wants you to be filled with power because darkness is now and darkness is going to be multiplied such as you've never seen it before on the face of the earth and people are going to start looking for answers and so you need to have those answers. And the answer is already in your hand. It's in the form of a seed. It's in the form of a rod where God said to Moses, what do you have in your hand? In other, other words, what do you have in your power and your ability to perform? You've got the ability to know and understand God's word and to speak it and release it out of your mouth so that God can then act upon that faith and manifest the very thing that you're speaking. For God's promises have to be mixed with faith. Remember what we read in Hebrews, how that there's plenty of people that heard it, but they did not act upon it, did not mix it with faith. And so they never entered in to the promises that God had for them. And so God wants us to have what he has but we have to respond with faith. We've got to be that good soil. can't be that thorny soil, that rocky soil. 
that soil where the birds came and devoured it. We've got to hold on to God's word and keep it in our heart. Keep it in our hearts until it manifests that glory, until it manifests this very thing that it's promising. And so I just encourage you that God's word is not dead, that God is not distant. He is close. And if you really begin to pour yourself into scripture study, if you really begin to devour it and to renew your mind and to learn to set up what I call verbal altars, uh, Abraham built physical altars. You build a verbal altar of confession. That's that right confession of your mouth. That's that belief of your heart. In the things that God promises, then you will begin to feel God come closer in your life and you'll begin to feel a shift. You'll begin to feel a change. And that gentle wind will become a whirlwind, will become a tornado around about you of heaven touching earth. You know, when a tornado comes down, it, it doesn't uh, leave no small amount of destruction, but it comes and relieves brings a great impact and so heaven wants to be made manifest on earth in the same way that a tornado sort of gives us an idea where the cloud comes down and brings an impact on earth well God wants to do the same thing he wants to bring an impact for good he wants to bring healing he wants to bring deliverance liberty to the captives the opening of the prison to them that are bound and to proclaim this acceptable day in this day of the vengeance of our God is the vengeance against that which is dark and wicked and which would destroy and corrupt and hurt humanity. Jesus came to save and not to destroy. And so Jesus is in your mouth. The word is in your mouth. Jesus said that he was the word. And the word wants to spring forth out of your mouth with power. So you've got to spend time in his word and uh, learn to speak it. So let's pray as we go back into worship. Father, we give you the thanks and the praise that you've given us the Holy Word, that the Word is not without power, that it has strength. And just like a seed, Lord God, that seed's not going to just spring up instantly in our hands, that it's got to, we've got to give it time to operate, time to move, time to grow. And if we do that, it's going to bring forth and yield forth fields and fields of great harvest that we can have to transform our lives and the lives of those around us. And so, Father, I pray for every person listening, that you'd stir their hearts up unto faith, you'd stir them to come out of the distractions of media and entertainment, that, Father, we would learn to sit on our porches and read and consume the Word of God and to pray and to get it in us until it begins to come out of our mouth and we begin to see it move and shift things in the realm round about us, Father, for you would have heaven to be made manifest on earth. And if it be the will of God, no devil, liar, or thief can stand against it. So, Father, we give you the praise today. We give you the worship. And we thank you, Father, for opening up the gates of heaven and making manifest on earth your reality. In Jesus' name, amen. your heads, O you gates. Be lifted up, you everlasting doors. Let the King of glory in. Who is this King of glory? He's the Lord, strong and mighty in battle. 
Open up the ancient gate. 
God. Revelation chapter 4 verse 2. Immediately I was in the spirit and behold a throne set in heaven and one sat on the throne. Father we come standing before that great white throne. The throne that's been established from eternity. The throne which is surrounded with transcendent radiance. The angels, the seraphim, beauty everywhere. The river of fire that flows from your throne. Oh, we love to stand before your throne, oh God. We love to stand before the throne of God.
place of divine encounter.
Fascinating us. 